Thank you for joining us on a Morally Podcast with Tony May. Morally Podcast is purpose-built for America. Through our military veterans and military supporters, we show that the values and qualities that built this country, such as service, sacrifice, respect, and faith, are not dead. A Morally Podcast builds community so individuals can improve. There. Welcome to the Ranger for Life Amorally podcast, where our mission is to tell stories through veterans and military supporters about how they grow their communities for the betterment of others. And so we've got a great guest today, Mr. Seamus Murphy, um, coming to us, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about your transition, Seamus, and, and what you're doing now and how you're trying to give back. So we let everybody know, what are you doing now? Where are you coming to us from? Uh, right now, I'm coming to you from the 67th floor of One Manhattan West uh, in New York City. I'm a management consultant with Accenture. Been there for about five. Been here for about five years, working out of the New York office, focusing in our talent and organization practice uh, on large uh, modern change management uh, projects. Did you ever see yourself? Was that a goal from coming in the army, yes. serving? And then make make it in Manhattan because that's like a storybook to some people. That's that that's a that's a storybook or the story they're trying to write. Yeah, Tony. Well, let me just level set with you. I'm just a dirty leg, uh, third ID down there at Fort Stewart, uh, E5 through E6, same company. Did uh, the surge in Ramadi uh, in 2007 for 15 months, and in went to what I like to call the uh, Hearts and Minds tour uh, in 2010 in Baghdad for 12 months and then uh, exited the service. But I remember I'm an upstate New York uh, kid, uh, born and bred. Cornell was the best school that I could ever get into and uh, or I thought I could get into. And uh, I went to apply there. So maybe let's uh, to get back on track. My story starts there is going to exit from, from Fort Stewart. I'm going on my brief. This is before great uh, organizations like like yours was around, I'm at my uh, exit ceremony, getting my uh, accommodation, my RCOM for for exiting the service, and I'm, like, I'm going to go to Cornell, and the folks laughed at me. Uh, I had <laughs> so you know that was the kind of climate when I was exiting the service there. So I think things have changed, but uh, you know, did a year of community college. I spent five years in high school. So, uh, you know, did, did a victory lap there before uh, enlisted. Like you can't get a master's degree in high school. I, I, yeah. I, think you, I think you missed that one. You can't, you yeah, can't yeah, get yeah. a master's degree <laughs> in so, high school. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of an uh, interesting period, you know, and came in, uh, did, my, did my enlisting enlistment, right? Uh, learned that right place, right time, right uniform, right attitude, uh, carries over uh, into life in, in multiple ways. So if, if you continue to execute on, on those on those core tenets and and you know stay motivated, you can you can go a long way. And then you know got into community college, realized uh, that you know someone's giving me a syllabus uh, and telling me everything I need to do for the year. Uh, I was like, I can do this. So started started at community college, did a year there. Old straight A's, transferred to Cornell, got to Cornell, uh, and realized that there was a there was not as much infrastructure in place for veterans as, as uh, they were stating, and there was an opportunity to grow and support the population. Uh, so spun up the undergraduate 
Cornell Undergraduate Veterans Association. So it's the first undergraduate veterans organization on, on campus since uh, the pre-Vietnam era and started advocating for the population to receive additional support uh, as a as a as a a population that uh, is underserved uh, in higher education. So I, I'm sure, as, as you know, uh, proportionally, we're not represented across higher education. There are some institutions. Uh, Columbia, I believe, is the only one. That a lot of rangers there. Uh, yes, so. <laughs> that, that is true. That, 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 but, uh, because it's a pipeline, it becomes known yeah. and it becomes comfortable. And so you're talking about what, what you did at Cornell, and I kind of want to dive into how a veteran gets on campus. One, should I even be here? I go to community college, then I start becoming a leader because we see a gap. Yeah, uh, Most people don't know the Ivy League schools, because of the Vietnam War, those that had ROTC programs got rid of them. And at a college where you know, your pacing item is a college graduate, you, you lose college graduates from ROTC, you can lose that connection to the military community. But so many folks came back after the GWAT. And so you saw that kind of opportunity there, it sounds yeah. like. And I would say the, the Cornell being a land-grant school, so Morrell Land-Grant School, they uh, had to keep uh, all tri-service, so Army, Air Force, and Navy uh, ROTC programs on campus. So we still had those available, which was where I ended up. I, you know, I walked into the Army ROTC unit. I go, hey, Big Sarge, you know, like, like I, I'm, I'm just arrived on campus. Uh, what's going on here? You know, <laughs> get, let, me, let me get a sit rep. And uh, they took me under their wing for a bit, which was nice. And then had some of the, the, the junior officers in the business school help me out as well. So where, where was that kind of turn for you? Because I, I, Cornell, I mean, it's, it's a prestigious school. And that's a, it, one would hope it's it, academics are somewhat difficult, right? And you came from community college. So you got your mind right. You got the discipline. You're ready to go. Tell me about this time that you had to do other, other things, right? A lot, of our, a lot of our veterans that I hear, right? I don't want to say they want to go to college to take a break necessarily, but there's this idea, well, I'm just going to go to college, but there's 24 hours of the day. So is that kind of what happened with you is that you found available time and now it's like, I'm going to do something impactful or what was that? What happened in your, in your experience? I had a pretty rough transition uh, from, you know, my, my, uh, my RCOM award at Fort Stewart to, uh, to coming on the campus. And when I, arrived on the campus and heard a lot of lift service being paid to veterans from 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 senior folks and, and across academia how you know we support veterans we do this and then when the rubber met the road the infrastructure wasn't in place to support the population um, I decided to take action to to rectify that because from my perspective there are a lot of folks that uh, aren't here anymore that you know don't have this opportunity and there are folks that I know that maybe not may don't know they have the opportunity or folks that would easily pick up on on getting into an Ivy League school and excel but that don't have the infrastructure in place to support them through that journey so I wanted to you know for all those folks you know help you know breach the mind wire obstacle so we can flow in so, so people know that it's possible, right? They need to know that it's possible before it's too late or they're too far in their careers, too far in their transition. You know, you 
have a mortgage somewhere and now you can't come back. It, it, it's not as accessible. So that, that, let's talk through that. So what, what are those kind of steps now being removed from Cornell for a while, but staying connected? How are you providing that value back to help recruiting? Uh, so I'm reaching out to whoever will listen to me to let them know about the amazing educational opportunities at Cornell. Also, uh, I mean, one of the things, let me just level set here with, with you is that uh, people look at the sticker costs of, of an education at, at one of these schools. And what they don't realize is that you're not going to be paying sticker costs for it, whether that's the GI bubble, whether that's folk rehab whether that's just needs-based financial aid, because this is junior enlisted service member exiting, you will qualify for full financial aid from, from, from these universities because they're needs, a lot of them are needs blind. So at Cornell, I know folks that are saving their GI bill or their vocational rehab benefits for, uh, for medical school, for law school, for their MBA, and they're using financial aid uh, in the undergraduate level and, and leaving with little to no debt from, from a four-year you know, sticker costs of, you know, two quarter million dollars for an education, right? They're, they're leaving with, with next to nothing in, in debt. And, and, and so what you're bringing up is you still, you're still a college student and follow the process, right? You're still the, you're the, the free application for student financial aid, the FAFSA, you still do these things. You, mm -hmm. There's each university, I think a lot of times, because some service members aren't used to college and universities, don't know that colleges have endowment and scholarship programs. You know, it's one thing to go uh, online to Google to find something that matches your unicorn typeness as a veteran, but that school is going to have, especially an Ivy League school, is going to have endowments that are going to be able to assist a huge amount of their population. Yeah. So just getting the word out on something like that, and then also supporting the veteran advocate on campus with mentoring opportunities from alumni just recently. So, you know, work is never done. So uh, we spun up the uh, military, uh, Cornell Military Network, which is uh, the first military alumni association at our university. So looking to uh, be a, a, a central point of contact for not just veterans, but military affiliated uh, alumni as well, because there are, you know, folks that wear shoes, there are folks that you know are typing on a keyboard, you know, and there are folks that are, you know, making sure that rockets go where they need to go that are all, you know, part of, of this, uh, you know, military network, right, that help or national security uh, apparatus that, that help, you know, keep, keep the uh, status quo operational. So tell me, so tell me, so what, what type of platforms are you doing? Are you doing that mostly on LinkedIn? Is that how you're trying to draw folks together? Or are you working with the, uh, the university too to find those ty types? Very, of very close, manners? partnering very close with the university, alumni affairs and development office to uh, identify those folks that are veterans and, and military affiliated and draw them in and then starting to engage them at, at uh, high visibility campus events. That's great. And so now it, are you seeing when you go on campus the, the, the difference of a um, entering veteran and as they come on and the opportunities for them? Like the, what, what, is, what is the difference now? What is it like now today if somebody's coming in fall of 2022? Yeah. What would they expect? <laughs> so, so to bring it full circle, uh, they know about consulting opportunities at Accenture, that's for sure. Accenture is a corporate sponsor of the undergraduate veterans organization at Cornell. 
and uh, they just actually founded the first uh, veterans house uh, in in the Ivy League. So there's a there's a uh, patrol base on campus for vet. No, but there's there's a veterans house uh, on campus where folks you don't have to live there, but if you choose to, you could. So uh, they know about those opportunities. They know. Uh, about uh, graduate uh, level educational, uh, you know, uh, scholarships, right? So, and then also, you know, you name it, studying for MCAT, studying for LSAT, uh, folks help them through that journey. Uh, if you're interested in finance, you know, we're putting uh, mentoring opportunities in place and, and letting folks know that, you know, where they can land and w- what options are out there. I think it's pretty interesting when you said the mentor program in place. Kind of if you do it right, you have already got it. And it just yeah. becomes formalized. But for folks who think about how do we do this mentorship stuff right? You gotta do I think you kinda of do the other things. Yeah. You gotta you gotta engage the people who need mentors yeah. first. Because the men, mentors wanna help. People yeah, want to give back. That that's definitely true. So let's talk about what you're doing now on the sixty-seventh floor, right? Um, well, what is your work like? And is it, did, did Cornell prepare you? Of course, the answer is going to be yes. But like in terms of what did it really prepare you for? And what were some of the things that, wow, this is the real world, a little bit, a little bit different yeah. than I thought? Well, I, I think uh, university in general taught me the nuances of correspondence and uh, proper etiquette and, and gave me a, a little hone my, my core skills. Uh, to in preparation for a career in consulting, so business acumen, uh, MS office tools, uh, how to conduct myself and, and prepare for and, and research for events and, and, and client engagements was all you know, started at, at or polished at, at, at Cornell, but really started, I would say, in the military as, as a leader, as an NCO. So those, those, again, right place, right time, right uniform, right attitude, and, and you know, executing and, and, you know, going above and beyond to ensure that you're executing to standard or above standard at all times is something that I think started in the military and has carried over to this day. Uh, you know, the university definitely helped, but those, I was taught that at uh, 19 years old uh, at uh, uh, Fort Benning's uh, wayward home for boys. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you, well, we're still at today, brother. We're yeah. still there today. Yeah. So then t- tell me then, Okay, now you're out of college. You've had the real life experience, maybe more mature than a little bit more professionalism than maybe your peers who are 22, 23, 24 that you're running with. What what is it like then when you you enter the the workforce a little bit older at those those positions? What, what, what What was the biggest gap? What was hard for you? So I think going from from leading a, a squad in preparation for deployment and well deployed, and then going going to university and then uh, exiting and, and having an entry level position again, and having to under, learn consulting uh, to then be able to act. So starting off as a private in consulting, but having the leadership experience of a squad leader, and then learning uh, the consulting to then be at a position where I can uh, showcase the leadership abilities which I owned in the army. So at, for Accenture then, let, 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 let's do the, uh, let's do the advertisement, right? Why, why is Accenture uh, a good place for veterans? And, and what is Accenture looking from the veteran population? Is it, well, if there's a fit and there's a job, you still have the requisite skills or we really like veterans and this type of, or is it wide open? 
it's it's wide open. We actually have an apprenticeship program for folks that have a technical background that are interested in leaving the service and going right to work. So if, if anyone wants to reach out to me on LinkedIn, I'm happy to provide more information on that. Uh, but also we have a, a, a junior military officer program. So for folks that were NCOs, uh, especially uh, coming out of regiment, uh, would be definitely qualified candidates to come on as not a, usually with a, uh, E5 experience with as a senior analyst. So you get to uh, a year progression. Um, you kind of uh, advance a, a year ahead and be ready for consultant. But that would be a required undergraduate degree. But I, I think Accenture is, you know, wants everyone to operate at their best and, and ex accepts who you are and really appreciates the work ethic that someone from the military community offers. All right, so I want to I want to go back um, to being from New York. All right, and, and what was your thought of Cornell again? Was that it? Was that a dream school? Was it not an option because of your master's degree during high school? Uh, <laughs> or what, what? What was? Was it the desire to come back home? And the, I'll tell you how. Here's how I want to frame that, gentlemen. Yeah. When we talk, talk to veterans, when we help with transition, yeah. That's the, primarily what we do. So we say there's there's location, job, and money. If you get the location right, you know what the jobs are. You can see what the income ranges are. If you go somewhere for money and don't like the job and you don't like where you're at, you got a lot of stuff in a place that you're not at. So could you talk to that for me and the desire to maybe come back home and it felt felt welcoming? What what was that in your in your decision making? So for me, it was the support structure offered by having my, my family in upstate New York. So when I was exiting, I got my, my it was it the, the, the Diddy Move paycheck or whatever it was, that, that last, uh, you know, uh, movement uh, home. And I realized, after, especially after, you know, 27 months uh, deployed, I realized the importance of family. And it didn't really uh, pick that up after my master's degree in high school. So uh, definitely after six years in, in the Army, I, I realized that family is really important to me. And the support structure that they offered was also very important because I was still dealing with some things post-Army that I, was very beneficial to have a, a tight-knit group of folks that cared about my well-being. Well, so that's great, right? And, you know, home is where the heart is. Yeah. You know, nobody, if you share your heart, Studies show you're going to be a little better off. So um, thank you for confirming uh, what, what we really say is you've got it. If you get the location right, you can yep. make everything else right. So just because we have a significant amount of our population um, looking at finance, lo lo looking at working in New York City, right? If, if you're excelling in the service, you start thinking, where's the top places I need to be? I need Los Angeles. I need to be in the NCR. I need to go down to Tampa, Sincom, SoCal. I need to go to New York City. I need to be in Boston. I need to be in Chicago. Um, what's life like? Is it meeting expectations? Is it exceeding it? Is it the work that's keeping you there? Or is it the, the draw of the city? Have you become accustomed to it? So um, I, I love the work uh, with Accenture, but also... I, I do enjoy the city, uh, but also I'm still a upstate New York uh, kid at heart and uh, just recently purchased a, a property uh, in upstate New York. So I'm splitting my time between uh, New York City, where I rent an apartment, and what I like to call my, my farm that I'm going to be. I'm, I'm, 
currently battling uh, ticks, mice, and an invasive ornamental bush. So that's my latest uh, latest uh, battle. But yeah. <laughs> hey, talk me through that, James. Is that kind of common for somebody? You know, after you're established in your career to look at, because buying a house in New York City, I can only imagine. Uh, are there houses? I don't know. Of course there are. There's yeah. We're, when we're talking, you know, townhomes, condos, things like that. But it, do you find that within, you know, kind of folks in, in, in your age range that people look at those you know, how, where's the dollar going to go? How are we going to spread out the dollar? Yeah, well, I think that's a that's a great call out, right? And I think the VA home loan, right, is, is a great zero down opportunity. Um, and mortgages usually for a studio or one bedroom uh, in, in in certain places in New York City would be less than your less than your rent. Uh, so, you know, you're building equity in something. It's always something to look into. Uh, but I, I personally, uh, looking at, I, I think the city offers you know, a, immense opportunities to uh, partake in you know, music, museums, uh, events, right, food, uh, and you know just the overall. There's an energy here, but you know I also value and respect you know the importance of. Uh, being in touch with the natural world and and you know where your food comes from and uh, you know the the environment in, in general. So that's awesome. Well, so we're going to close here. So tell me once again. I think you mentioned if if somebody wants advice or wants to get in contact with you, I believe you said LinkedIn is probably the best way. Yes, LinkedIn uh, definitely. But we'll schedule some time if you're interested uh, in Cornell University or consulting and Accenture. Um, I'm happy to have a call and uh, and uh, walk you through anything you need to know. I'll, I'll make the time. Well, Seamus, thank you so much for being on. It is good to have a dog-faced soldier <laughs> on here to kind of balance us out a little bit. And you're on this podcast because you reached out to us, because you wanted to share, right? And that's the for life concept of, of what we do. We're ingrained with these values and this character and we just need to bring it to the corporate world, not drop it off when we enter the door. Thank you, brother. I appreciate your time, Seamus. For those of you looking for a more elite transition, we do offer an eight-week course free, one night a week, two hours, top master trainers in their field. You don't want to miss it. If you're getting out and in that window of about 24 months from retirement or 18 months for separation, you start your plan early with a more elite transition plan. And you can go to rangerforlife.com backslash transition to register for that free course. And we're very excited for Atlanta Braves Hall of Famer, Dale Murphy, to come to the 2022 Ranger Outreach Center Benefit Friday, September 30th. That's the day before the annual Mogadishu Mile 5K that draws roughly 4,000 people down here in the home of the Rangers Columbus, Georgia. We look forward to seeing you there. And you can go to info at rangerforlife.com to learn more about sponsorships. Tickets will be available beginning mid-month. So we thank Seamus Murphy for from being on today. And when you listen to a story, he could not leave the culture of the military behind him because he's trying to leave it better than he found it. Right? And that's how we close. Seamus, thank you for everything that you do and continue to do. For everybody else, enjoy 
the rest of your week, and of course, leave it better than you have. We hope you enjoyed a Morley podcast with Tony Maine, and we appreciate your viewership. If you'd like to hear more from Tony or one of his guests, you can view or listen to past episodes at TonyMaine.Podbean.com. Until next time, be a community builder for America.